ask this through the prayer your son taught us so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our first scripture lesson comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. When you reap the harvests of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another, and you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor, you shall not steal, you shall not keep for yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God, and I am the Lord." You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, and you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your animals breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you put on a garment made of two different materials. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. You have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forgiveness, forgiveness is one of the hardest things to practice and to give sometimes. The one verse in the text says, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute against you. How do we pray for someone that may have hurt us with words or actions when we are hurt and possibly angry? How, as normal human beings, can we do what God has commanded us to do? How do we turn that other cheek when in our hearts we may want to strike out as well? It is so, so hard sometimes to walk away and so much easier to hold a grudge and hold that anger towards another. I remember someone telling me years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when we were having a conversation about this same topic about forgiveness, they say it takes so much more energy to be angry at somebody than to forgive them. For the longest time, I thought that person was completely nuts until I realized after a time that I was mad at somebody. I had been mad at an individual for a while. And I finally got to the point, I listened to those person's words, and I forgave the person. Because that person had asked for forgiveness a long time before that, but I just, I couldn't let it go. And finally, I finally let it go. I finally said, you're forgiven. And a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was no longer harboring an anger that I was the only one harboring. It was hard, but the reward was great. How many times has someone said something that was mean or thoughtless and it was like a dagger in your heart? You are hurt tremendously and angry too. Forgiveness is one of the loveliest ideas. It really is. If everybody could forgive each other, it would be a great thing. And being forgiven is one of the loveliest experiences connected with being human. But because we are human, we fail. We let people down. We offend and we hurt them. Behave in ways that cause us shame sometimes. But to be forgiven means 
that that failure has been put away. And we can go back to where we were before we failed. No one is immune to hurting another individual. And nobody is immune to being hurt. In ordinary human experience, forgiveness is often extremely difficult. People say, I'll forgive him, but I'll never forget what he did. And that is not forgiveness. Some people also feel that sometimes the offense is way too great to ever to forgive. It goes way beyond forgiveness. In any case, forgiveness without repentance is incomplete. Forgiveness without that person really putting it from their hearts, saying it from their hearts that they are so sorry. It's incomplete. Nothing is really achieved if we simply say the words to the offender or to the person who has hurt us, I forgive you. It's a two-way street. It requires two. It requires repentance on the part of the offender and forgiveness on the part of the victim. Unconditional forgiveness might give the impression of condoning that behavior. So you really do sometimes need to hear those words. And they really do, just as the children said this morning, it needs to come from the heart. It can't be empty words just because that person wants forgiveness. They really have to mean it. And more important, the person has to really be able to give it, to give that forgiveness. So forgiveness cannot be given lightly, or it means nothing. True forgiveness is wiping out the past. What is truly forgiven can never be brought back. You can't hold on to the grudge. I cannot tell you how many couples I have counseled over the last seven or eight years that the one spouse always brings up, and it's inevitable, they always bring up. We argue, we argue, and then my spouse brings up something that happened 20 years ago, and there I am defending myself all over again. Because even though that person said, I forgive you for doing that, it was still in the back of their minds, it was still on their internal flash drives. So they would bring it up again, and again, and again. The slate was never really wiped clean. The Greek word normally used for forgiveness in the New Testament conveys the sense of distance. It literally means, in the Greek word, to send away. The sin that is forgiven is sent away. It is dismissed and completely removed from the scene. What is forgiven is taken away, and the person who has been forgiven is almost set free. But there's another word in the New Testament for forgiveness. It's frequently used by the Apostle Paul, and it's based on the word for gift. It speaks of the act of forgiveness, that generosity, whether human or divine, that makes it possible for the offender to be forgiven. And you can really hear it in the letter to the Ephesians in this one In this one verse, in chapter 4, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. As God in Christ has forgiven you. This word forgiveness emphasizes forgiveness 
as a gift. You can't demand it to be, you cannot demand to be forgiven. You can't do it. You can't go to somebody and say, Jody, I know I hurt you, but you need to forgive me now. You can't do that. It would be, Jody, I am so sorry. I never meant to hurt you. And then Jody replying, hopefully back, I understand and I forgive you and let's start fresh. This generosity speaks to us as God was generous with his forgiveness, with his great act of forgiveness in Jesus. In ordinary day-to-day, the Greek word that means to bestow a favor without any strings attached, that's a gift. No strings. None whatsoever. And that's a glorious picture of the way God forgives us. While we were still sinners, says Paul, Christ died for us. God wasn't waiting for a response before God acted. In a marvelous cosmic gesture of love, God sent his son to die for the forgiveness of our sins. Not his sons, for our sins. It is true that we must repent to receive forgiveness, but no other condition is set, no matter the size or the sin or the consequence of what we have done. Forgiveness is an act of grace, a favor without strings. In the simplest of terms, it's a gift. And as we are forgiven, so we too are supposed to forgive. One of the greatest acts of forgiveness that I have seen in my lifetime is, if you all remember back several years ago, when there was a schoolhouse full of children in the Amish country. And innocent children were taken. And the Amish, after much prayer and everything else, forgave the man that hurt their children. Forgave the man that hurt their children. The greatest act of a gift of forgiveness I have ever seen in my life. And I have to tell you, if that was me, and I hope I'm not the only one standing here saying this, if that was me, I don't, I don't know if my faith would be strong enough to say, I forgive you for hurting my child. I forgive you for taking somebody away from me for the rest of my life so I could never see what that person could be in years to come. I hope and pray that I would have that faith. But I always question myself sometimes, which I think is a good thing. But that community forgave that individual. Nothing can take away the hurt except you realizing that if I forgive that person because they have truly repented for what they've done, they really have said that they are sorry for what they have done, then that weight can be lifted off your shoulders. The day-to-day truth is that there are things that we can do, things that we say to each other that can hurt and cut like a knife. 
We do it. We don't intentionally do it, but sometimes we do it anyway. Are we faithful enough to give that gift of forgiveness, especially if the person who hurt you apologized for their words and actions? Or do we just continue to hold, hold on to that hurt, the anger, and stew and say to ourselves, in time, in time I may forgive, but I'll never forget. Do we truly forgive or just store that action away in our internal flash drives until we need to pull them out again to justify maybe more anger or more distrust in another? Are those memories building walls while the act of forgiveness makes those walls crumble? There is that famous quote that I'm sure most of you have all heard at one point in your life. To err is human, to forgive is divine. Forgiveness is hard. If it were easy, then everyone would be doing it, and it wouldn't mean very much to the one forgiving and to the one being forgiven. Jesus died for our sins, not his own. Shouldn't we, and I mean all of us, shouldn't we all try to wipe the slate clean for someone who may have wronged us just as Jesus wiped our slates clean. Little food for thought for the week. Is it better to live and forgive or remember and be stuck? Amen and amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Forgiveness is tough, but it's something that God has commanded us to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. If somebody hurts you, forgive them. Especially, especially if they, with every ounce of their being, ask for forgiveness. You'll have a weight lifted off your shoulders, and you won't be stuck anymore. And may the shalom of God, the love, compassion of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Mm-hmm.